Hello, friends, and welcome to the Personal Arrogance Podcast, episode number 113. I am your host, Jesse, the terrible treble Wilson, and with me this week, as always, is... Eric Count Basie Walquist. Basie, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, getting a little... Getting, it's becoming fall, uh, which is. is which is always a depressing time. Um, I'm okay with it. Autumn is my favorite season. I hate it when people say that. That is the biggest bullshit answer I've ever heard. How... How was oh. how was autumn your favorite season? That is like it's it's I, ridiculous. I love I love the crisp mornings, but like Ugh. not the super cold. And uh-huh. I love I I love the uh, the leaves on the ground when mm-hmm. they start to decompose and yeah. you get that kind of vegetative smell in the air. The world becomes a compost bin, <laughs> and yeah, you basically. can't go out at night without bundling up like a Escabel. I like to bundle. I'm a bundler. Uh, this is this is the problem. This is why we this is why we can't have summer year round because too many people like fall. It, I don't think that makes sense. <laughs> I don't think it does either. I don't know. I just think that it's like there's no way that summer isn't your favorite season. Like, no, autumn is. Summer is so much better than autumn. Mass debatable. Summer's too <laughs> hot. I like the transition. Oh monster. God, I hate this too hot bullshit. I like autumn. I like spring. I don't really care for winter or summer. This is the whole... This You like spring in Washington? Yeah. It's rainy and nice. Oh, uh, my Lord. Okay. Well, at least we got off to a, to a, to a <laughs> debatable uh, foot to begin with here. I, I feel like we've set a good t- tone for this show. Besides, it's it's football season. It Summer is, ain't football season, baby. Oh, it's awful. Summer's the beautiful, the perfect game. Baseball is played during the summer. Boys of summer. Anyway, uh, Eric, you and I both know the perfect game is curling. Well, that can't be debated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, I want to get to the deado uh, right off the top because I have a feeling we're gonna have a packed show this week. Um, I want to dedicate this to a few, uh, to a few birthdays out there. Do a couple of call outs. Um, okay. so the day that this, uh, the day that this podcast will be released, September 27th, 2012. And we got a few birthdays. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Okay. Celebrating his 190th birthday. He's an old guy. He's an old guy. He's an old drunk. <laughs> a lot, m- many people, uh, many people have, have, have marked him as the drunkest of all presidents. So. He would sit down and have a beer with us, have a convo. No, he would he would slap the beer out of your hand and like <laughs> pour you a pint full of whiskey. Yeah. Straight up moonshine. Yeah. Uh I also want to give a propel. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to Carrie Brownstein of Portlandia fame for not mm-hmm. only uh not only telling everyone how Portland really is, but also for being born on the twenty seventh of September. And then I also want to give a shout out to podcast hero Mark Marin. Uh, racking it up, blowing out some candles on the 27th. So, birthdays, happy birthday to you. And I'm feeling a strange presence. I think that, I think that Ulysses S. Grant might actually be a little, uh, ethereal through this episode. I think he's already, uh, he, he's poltergeisted me a little bit tonight. Oh, good. Just yeah. let us know when you're channeling him because I think that you guys probably have very similar personalities. So we want to make sure that we know who's who. Well, my nickname for the night is Jesse Unconditional Surrender Wilson. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jesse Unconditional Surrender Wilson, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm drinking the uh, India Pale Ale by Diamond Knot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
honestly kind of unremarkable, but yeah. what I'm really looking forward to will be coming a little bit later once I polish that bad boy off. Full sail Imperial Stout. Hey now, I like the full sail stuff. I love full sail, man. I think this would be the brewery I would want to work for. Like if I got a if I got my Northwest pick, uh-huh. I think it'd be full sail. Do you know is full sail making a malt liquor? Have you heard about this? Yeah, the the Big Daddy J. Yeah. Yeah, I had that the other night at the uh-huh. poorhouse here in Port Townsend. Not bad. Still pretty malt liquory though. Yeah, it's definitely malt liquor. I I don't I don't know why they're gonna do it unless they plan to release it <laughs> Dude, in twenty twos for like super cheap. These are the guys who make session ale, which is pretty hipstery. Session lager. Session lager, pretty hipster beer. And if you're gonna go even more hipster than than a hipster beer, you go to a, a hipster malt liquor. That that market really isn't cornered yet. That's a good point. You know, all I, the all I, the all the malt liquors are way too hard edge. Oldie, Mickey's, you know, we need something a little softer. I think you might actually have nailed exactly why they're trying to make this. They are an Oregonian (laughs) company after all. Well, there you go. Uh, Portlandia, indeed. Portlandia, indeed. uh, Tonight I'm drinking the namesake of our podcast, the Arrogant Bastard Ale from Rogue Brewery. Uh, Picked one of these bad boys up. Tasty as always. And uh, this is the closest that you're ever going to get to a personal picture of Arrogant Bastard. Eric, I... Well, let me interrupt you. Isn't Arrogant Bastard Stone? Oh, yeah, you're right, Stone. I messed okay. it. I messed it up. But, uh, but uh, Stone Brewery out of San Diego, California. Fantastic yep. folks. Delicious. Uh, uh, you know, we named our podcast Personal Arrogance after the personal picture of Arrogant Bastard you could get at Vaughn's during PAX. Hope you followed that. Uh, but unfortunately, you can't get that anymore. I know. I, I, I feel like we should probably quit the podcast. Oh, I don't know about that. The pers- just- it's a lie. The personal <laughs> arrogant is a lie now. It, it is a lie now. Uh, it's so sad. Uh, Eric, for, I got I to gotta have to buy a, a pitcher for your bachelor party and just fill it up with <laughs> personal arrogance and let the dream continue. Just do it. And yeah, then you that's, have to down it in one. Yeah, that, that's coming up. You only get married once. You only get married once, bro. <laughs> oh no! I gotta. I'm going to unleash the revenge of my oh, 21st man. birthday hangover this upon has been you. Brewing for years. Pardon the literally. Pun. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, this is a. It's gonna get rough. I'm sure that we'll hear about that a little bit on the podcast. Uh, yeah, you're gonna get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we get to the show, I want to do a little bit of least listener feedback. You guys are feeding us back, and we're eating it all up. It's delicious. Uh, so uh, we want to give a shout-out to the people who are liking our Facebook page. Uh, we didn't even really tell people to do that, but people are doing it. So Brian Danger Finch, Christian William Maurer, uh, of course, Michael Coffey, and Patrick Mayer. Uh, thank you so much for pushing us over the century mark and getting personal arrogance uh, Facebook page to over 102 followers. It's pretty cool. Eric, don't um, think I didn't notice who uh, fan number 100 was. That might have been a little bit of, it was a little <laughs> bit of a push, but. <laughs> I liked it. I appreciated it. <laughs> and uh also want to give a, a strong shout out to James F. QB, who is over on our, over on the Bald Move Facebook site, who has much more followers. Uh, he 
He uh, said, I could follow about 10% of what's covered in the show, but I absolutely love hearing these guys geek out on their favorite stuff. Keep on keeping on personal arrogance. And we say keep on keeping on the you, Jeff Kuby. Thank you so much. Uh, so that's our Facebook page. You can find Bald Move on Facebook. You can find Personal Arrogance on Facebook. Like them both because they're both great. Uh, we also want to get to some uh, some uh, some Gmails. Uh, do you want to do the phone call first? I think, you know, there was so much great content on that phone call. Yeah. I think we need to get to it because it honestly might eat up the rest of our podcast. That's true. Okay. So, uh, as you know, every week we give you our phone number, 360-362-0024. If you call that uh, voice no- uh, that, that, that phone number, you're going to go straight to voicemail where you can leave us whatever you want. And we make you this promise. If you call us on that voicemail, we're going to put it on the podcast. So uh, we got we got a we got a taker this week, and just want to play this voicemail. Here it is. Hey, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it sounds like to me? What? It sounds like in that show Ghost Hunters. Or yes, Ghost Adventures. it totally is. It's a go- it's Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> it's the voice of Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah, totally. He's channeled us. He said, "Hey." <laughs> I uh, there's so many things I love about this. First of all, I can't tell if it's a young child or a woman or a Jesse clone um, from the tone. And then second of all, I love that it's a question, sort kind of. <laughs> so I kind of think that we should like just have maybe a, a back and forth a little bit. So it starts well, off, hey arrogance. You know, I'm a big fan of hey. Yep. And um, I think it's great for nourishing horses. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, since you're asking arrogance about hay, I say, yeah, it's a good thing. I say, yeah, it's a good thing. We're going to put our stamp on hay. Okay. Hay arrogance, yes. Hay arrogance, yes. So your move, uh, mystery voicemailer. Uh, But (laughs) we make a promise. If you call our phone number, 360-362-0024, we will put it on the podcast. Um. I also want to get to uh, Levi sent in his Fantastic Football League team. You can check this out on episode 111, what the Fantastic Football League is. But I think you'll get the gist when we do the rundown of Levi's team here. Uh, quarterback, Dovakin from Skyrim. This is, this is the best pick for a QB yeah. all season, I think. Yeah. Especially, like, give his reasoning. Well, able to bring a well-rounded sl- strength slash agility build. And when he calls an audible, he can knock over the defensive line. <laughs> this is great. pretty good perk. And comes with his own helmet. So that's pretty good. It's pretty good stuff. Running back Rico from Starship Troopers. Love this pick. Already has a background in jump ball. Very athletic. As shown at the start of the movie. And he's got moves fitting for the fantasy league. I think that's true. You got to be able to battle big beasts. Yeah, yeah, those big receivers aren't going to have much of a chance. Right, uh, wide receiver Octodad, love it, love the pick. No one suspects <laughs> a thing, especially which tentacle the ball is going to land in. Octodad, excellent pick for wide receiver. Uh, defense, the Bandits. I think his Octodad's a sleeper pick. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he he's he could be Mister Relevant, but he could have a huge impact on the actual league. Totally. Uh, defense, the Bandits from Settlers of Catan. They know how to ruthlessly shut down the heart of a good play, which is absolutely true. And then kicker, the man with no name, Clint Eastwood's classic Western character. While he may not have exceptional leg power, 
the long, dramatic pause and intense music <laughs> preceding the kick will be so nerve-wracking, so intimidating, that the opposing team will be frozen in place with fear long after the ball has been kicked. Coach Doc Brown for Back to the Future. He's studying footage from the actual upcoming game. That's solid. I just want to say, in NFL, coaches ice kicker. In FFL, kicker ices coach. <laughs> I also want to say that Doc Brown would not do something that unethical. You have to think fourth dimensionally. He, he's Dude. kind of spurious. He ended up he ended up reading the note anyway and right. wearing the flak jacket. Yep. He, he he says. That he wouldn't be that uh, unethical, but I think when push comes to shove, yeah. he's gonna do it. Yeah, I guess you got to pick which era of uh, which 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 era of Back to the Future Doc. Yeah, if you're talking about Back to the Future Three, he basically doesn't give a fuck about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think of it, if he went back to the Wild <laughs> West, he's basically like, well, just by living here, I've screwed up history so much <laughs> that I might as well just throw caution to the wind. <laughs> exactly. So by yeah. yeah. By that point, he won't care about uh, screwing up <laughs> next week's football game. Yeah. And finally, I want to give a uh, shout out to Jordan Mendes. He took us up on our offer. Uh, you can write a post at personalarrogance.com. You just got to email it to us and we'll put it up on the site. Uh, he did that and wrote a great article about Netflix and 90s cartoons that you can access through Netflix. So big shout out to you, Jordan Mendes. I think that's about all of our uh, listener feedback this week. We better get to the show. What do you say? I say, what show in Soviet Russia? Show listens to you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm just going to do the rest of the show as Yakov Shmirnov. Excellent. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're each going to roll a 20-sided die for a little tiny mat roll-off to see who gets to speak first. And here we go. Oh, my God. You, you criti- didn't. You critical failed last week, and I critical failed this week. OMG. Well, let's see. Do I have what it takes to roll more than a one? I rolled a 19, Eric. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um. So for my first topic, <laughs> since I'm king of the cast this week. it's That's a critical success depending on what weapon you're using. Well, it's a critical threat, Eric. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a driverless car bill was signed in California uh-huh. this week this uh weekend or last week Mm -hmm. um essentially it's the people the the android dude from google yeah sergey brin which that's a pretty badass name if i ever heard one Uh um is he is he a is he a knight is it sir j brin um well in certain parts of yugoslavia he is Uh (laughs) uh-huh but in america i don't think so so he's sergey brin Bas- yeah, Sergey Brin. Basically, um, he's a Google co-founder, right? And they are spearheading these automated automobiles. Absolutely. And uh, the legislation is being passed in California to let these things be uh, legal on the road. Yeah. And this is something and- that they used to have to go over to Nevada to do because Nevada was actually ahead of the ball on this one. Is that true? I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, Google's developing these cars, and they uh, couldn't drive them legally in California. And Nevada's like, hey, we don't really care about <laughs> road laws. Why don't you just drive it over here? And so they did that. They, like, went to Lake Tahoe, and that kind of was, like, where they – was their jumping-off point for testing these things. 
that's pretty badass. Yeah, these cars, um, they have, they're mostly Toyota Priuses and they drive themselves. You get in and the car drives itself and you don't have to do anything. Right. And, um, they have more than 300,000 miles of self driving logged with no accidents. Yeah. And one, I think this is cool. Right. And awesome. And I can't wait to have my own self driving car. And two, I think this is probably the biggest safety feature since the seatbelt. Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, people aren't going to see it that way. You don't think so? I really don't. I think there's a lot of techni- technologically uh, technophobic people out there who won't trust it. They're like, give me, give me my two hands. I'll trust my two hands bigger than the iPhone. Here, the t- <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that character you just made. Thank you. Um, but here's the thing, like, I, and we're getting in an increasingly older America. Yeah, this is better for old people. And we all know these fucking olds can't drive, man. <laughs> they can't drive. They can't. I seriously think we, uh, right now, we're in the future, we're going to look back and we're going to tell our grandkids about a time when we had full manual control of our cars and they're not going to believe us they're gonna be like are you kidding people could just drive their cars and everyone had to drive like on the highway like everyone could drive and we'll be like yeah they'll be like what about the old people who couldn't see and we'll be like yeah they drove too and like ran into people yeah they'll be like didn't people die and we'll be like yeah all the time people died all all the time tens of thousands of people a year Yeah, they just died because yeah it's crazy but I'm, I could not be more excited to know that this is actually happening. I think so too, man. I, you know, there's a couple things that are really great about this. First of all, no more DD. So party poopers find, find another reason to be a party pooper. That's, That's the saying. thing. Like, we're, g- there is going to be a gray area, area in the <laughs> law. I'm sure they're going to say, like, I mean, you still have to be a licensed driver to operate one of these things. Yeah, I guess it's true. And there's like some kind of manual takeover that you can do. Exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, theoretically, in the, in the... Yeah, in the future. Yeah, it's just going to essentially be your private taxi. Yeah. Like, I did see... Google posted an awesome video of one of these cars taking a blind guy to go get a taco, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> Is that a, a, a sexual thing? No. <laughs> it was, it was kind of sad, because he's like... It's like, this is blind guy. And he can now drive wherever he wants to go. Like, he could pick anywhere in the Nevada. And uh, and he's like, yeah, take me to Del Taco. <laughs> well, what do you expect? I need a 99-cent cheese burrito. But it's cool, man. It's It navigated the drive through which is crazy. Whoa, like, that's for, pretty neat. For a blind guy to be able to go through the drive through in a car is pretty amazing. And, and like you said, I mean, it's just... It's it's more of an access issue than anything, I think. I mean, well, it's it's obviously a safety issue. But think about the access potential here. Like, you... D- blind people can drive. Um, you know, elderly people whose motor skills maybe aren't that great can drive. People with disabilities, with, uh, you know, uh, like nervous system disabilities or, or that sort of thing. They can go where they need to go. It, it adds a lot of independence to people who uh, otherwise wouldn't have that. Right. And um, beyond accessibility and safety, Eric, something that I know you struggle with, traffic. That's true. I don't know what I'm going to do with all my road rage. (laughs) Just 
play Angry Birds. Yeah. <laughs> but like computers could totally solve the tra- traffic problem. I know. I I think I just uh I I mean it's 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 obvious that this would like cure traffic. And not only are you going to be able to get places faster because there isn't traffic, you're going to be able to get places faster because people are going to be going 80 miles an hour and they're going to be 6 feet away from each other or 100 yeah. miles an hour. Because it could because your car is going to be talking to like 200 cars down the line. So if anything happens, everybody's going to slow down at the same rate, and it's going to be way safer. It's amazing. Like I think the problem is going to be in the transition, in the cutover. Yeah, transitionally, it's going to be real, real bizarre. Especially, well, I guess like if if you were driving your car and you hit one of these, there would be like so much evidence against you. You couldn't really get like the leg up legally. See, it's it, it's a weird transition because uh, these are only safe if everybody else on the road is driving them. I mean, they're not only safe, but they're the most safe when when no one else is driving on the road. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. That it is, and and that's the exact reason why we need to be focusing on doing this. Right. Because I want a hundred percent of drivers driving automatic uh, autonomously. Yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a it's a health and safety issue for for this country. There's fifty thousand people a year who die in auto accidents in this country. Like, we need to figure out this is an epidemic. You know, we need to figure out a way to prevent this from happening. Right, but I will say there will be a lot more criminals on the streets. <laughs> this a lot is more what criminals? Oh, because yeah, traffic stops are like the number one way to pick up people on warrants. That's true. Well, I was also thinking, like, if it's an automated car, like, how many people are just going to put their kids in the car and be like, all right, go to school, <laughs> car, come back? Like, That's awesome. Yeah, I know it is awesome. But if you have to have a, if you have to have a licensed driver in the car, uh, no one's yeah. going to do that. And, like, <laughs> I would totally, especially in a state, say, like, Oregon, where the, the gas stations have attendance, like, I would just send the car to fill up. I wouldn't go. Are you kidding me? Dude, this is crazy. Like, this is, like, the beginning of cars. Like, this is how <laughs> cars happens. Like, yeah, cars start driving themselves. Maximum overdrive yeah. by Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. Like, cars start driving themselves to the gas station. Then all of a sudden, NASCAR jumps on board, and you have you have to have some kind of sentience in the technology so that they can race each other. <laughs> and then eventually, it just turns into smart cars, and then they destroy humans. Oh, dude, how dope would that be, though, if there was like a a NASCAR that was totally <laughs> self piloted? That would be absolutely crazy. I don't understand how you could win. Like you'd have you to build some kind of sentience into the cars because otherwise it would just all be programmed. <laughs> but like imagine if there's just one car that was totally robotic. <laughs> and it wins every time. It like never... if Google had a NASCAR, yeah. that's what they need. Oh, that's true. The and Google NASCAR that, like, won 100% of the races? How dope would that be? 100% of the races never got in an accident. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would be the like, way to totally sell it. totally avoided all the wrecks and everything. Because these are going to be the people that would be, like, the holdouts, would be all the NASCAR fans. They would be, like, the last holdouts. They'd be like, you can pry my keys from my cold, dead hands. And <laughs> if we could get NASCAR... Exactly. ...on board, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. Plus, it will ruin the sport, which is also great. Yeah, 
Dadgummit, I love driving down to the store, but man, that Google car really knows what it's doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. All right, well, we got I love it too. Even if you had to have a driver and he was just like kicked back, like with his feet up on the dash the entire time. <laughs> Some guy yeah. that weighs ninety five pounds. Yeah, it's like it's some nerd from Google. He's just in there. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome. He's like playing. He's like playing PSP while in the Google car. Yeah. Oh no, he'll be playing the new Google handheld. Yeah, <laughs> this is awesome. All right, we got we got to move on. Um, I I actually didn't get to all of our viewer mail. Uh, we actually got a uh, we got a we got an email from. Aaron from the Bald Move Network, who everybody knows and loves. Talk to us a little about the Star Wars prequels that we were talking about last week, but I'm not going to get to that. He wanted to know in his final paragraph, Jesse, and I think this is a perfect jumping off point, because it's national news. It's based in Seattle. we got to talk about it. He says, finally, how does it feel to be involved in the moment that, looking back, historians will pinpoint as the exact moment when the NFL was dethroned as America's most popular sport to eventually be replaced by MTV's Real World Road Rules Challenge. That's Blood Bowl, baby. That's Blood Bowl. So I want to talk about... So obviously we're speaking about uh, everybody's head exploding over this play at the end of the Seahawks-Packers game. Um and I want to I want to skew this a little bit, and I want to give a little nod to Nod Hero, who uh, jumped on board as one of our fans because we talked about Blood Bowl. We haven't talked about Blood Bowl in a while, but I need to talk about how playing Blood Bowl has made this whole referee fiasco completely okay, and actually more fun. <laughs> because Jesse, can you explain? Can you explain TBB? Uh, well, TBBB, that's Blood Bowl, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a philosophy because we play this board game and it's, it's been translated into the computer realm as well. But it, um, it's basically orcs and elves and humans playing a game of football against each other. And as you could imagine, it's pretty bloodthirsty because these are monsters. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Blood Bowl, things happen quickly and decisively. Right. Um, so maybe your star quarterback gets tripped up by an opposing player and dies. Too bad. He also <laughs> fumbled the ball. Now their team has it. They're going to run it in for a touchdown. And not only did your guy die, uh, you just lost a point. And that's kind of the spirit of the game. And right. that's Blood Bowl, baby. That's Blood Bowl, baby. I mean, you have to say it because if you don't, you'll become extremely frustrated with the game. <laughs> it'll be, go insane. It'll be like a ball's laying on the ground, and you go to pick it up. You don't. You trip. You die. Then the other it bounces to another t- to a guy on the other team, and he runs it in for a touchdown. That's uh-huh. Blood Bowl, baby. Or your star elf quarterback who's never had a bad throw in the last nine games tosses a and somehow a dwarf manages to intercept it midfield. That's right. Blood Bowl, baby. That's Blood Bowl, baby. And, uh, or maybe uh, at the end of the game, all your team needs to do is bat down a Hail Mary pass. <laughs> but for some reason, even though you seemingly intercepted it, the other team gets the touchdown and wins the game. That's Blood Bowl, That's baby. Blood Bowl, baby. <laughs> it's amazing to me. Like, I, you know, I don't want to get too sports heavy on this, but I know that the national media is ripping the Seahawks a new one. 
And I don't know how I feel about this because, because uh, guess what? The Seahawks got completely screwed in a game that was much bigger than this one. It was a game that's called the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I'm a little tired of like these sweetheart NFL franchises getting all the love, but I know that's always going to happen. I think that the the I think that if the roles were reversed here, if the Seahawks were the ones who had this call against them at the end of the game, that it wouldn't be as as huge of an uproar as their like sweetheart Green Bay franchise. So I'm yeah, just going to put those two cents on the table. I completely agree. The Green Bay crybabies can go home and uh, take a nap and get over it and eat some cheese because guess what? You're probably going to go to a Super Bowl or you have a good chance. You know who's not or you're going to go to the playoffs. You know who's not going to go to the playoffs? Probably the Seattle Super Seahawks. I think they're going to make it, dude. Because the, I, I think the Cardinals are going to win it. Oh, I don't think so at all. I don't think the Cardinals are that good. I think the 49ers are better than the Cardinals. We don't have to get totally into this, but... Uh, I know. Well, if the if the Cardinals don't, the 49ers will. I, uh, but I think the Seahawks get in as a wild card. Um but I, we got we totally got jobbed totally in the got Super jobbed. Bowl, and it's like everyone is suddenly waxing nostalgically for these glory days when the <laughs> old refs were officiating, and no call was ever bad. Are you kidding me? They're the I know. refs. I the know. calls have always been bad. Yeah, well, and and also that's to say that I like I I hate this. I heard I heard this referee on the Mike and Mike show, which was on ESPN. He was like, you know, the wrong team won the game. I'm like, I don't think so. You know, I don't think that the refs uh, got sacked nine times. Or they. I don't think the refs sacked the Packers nine times. I don't think that the refs held the number one record-setting offense from last year to 12 points. I don't think that the I don't think that the refs were the ones who didn't score any points in the first half. And if they if the Packers would have scored any points in the first half, they would have won the game. That would have been a moot point. So the Seahawks defense played awesome. Not to mention the Seahawks also got jobbed. There was that third and four play that was not a pass interference call. It was called pass interference by the refs. And uh the keeps the play alive. The Packers go down and score a touchdown. Like that's the wrong team won the game if everything is even going up to that game, going up to the, that last play. But the fact of the matter is there were bad calls throughout the game. It was kind of a toss-up game. It was really a coin flip. And uh, you know what? The Seahawks came out on top this time. It's a regular season game. It's the third game of the season. Let's get over it, guys. Let's move you on. You know what? I, I agree with you completely. I don't even think we need to get I – don't, I don't feel like I need to get so defensive about it because – well, that's blood bowl, baby. Deal with it. Exactly, and that's what I want to go back to. <laughs> we were talking I, about this also because uh, we, you and I, were both watching in different locations, and texting each other the Sunday night football game, the Patriots versus the Ravens, <laughs> and it was the same thing. It was like that's blood bowl, baby. Like shitty calls going all the way around the field. Yes, there's 30 penalties in the game, but uh, but that's blood bowl. Like welcome yeah. to the league. That's 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 the world that we live in at this point. So you need to either deal with it or get out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's a little sad as a from a football fan standpoint because, like, honestly, I'm trying to get Tasha to enjoy mm-hmm. watching the games with me, and there's so many times that I have to say, normally this wouldn't happen. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just kind of a bummer for the fans, but still, I mean, like it's not as though the regular refs are such uh, infallible arbiters of the rules. Yeah, I mean, it just it goes to this whole thing that there's these sweetheart teams, 
You know, yeah. there's the Packers. The Cowboys are kind of in there, but also a lot of people hate the Cowboys. The Packers, the Steelers, the Redskins, the Giants. These are like the sweetheart, sweetheart teams of the league. And unfortunately, teams like the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, these are the these are the teams that are always going to get the short end of the stick in these types of conversations because even though the Seahawks have been around for over thirty years, they're not seen as a as a solid franchise. It's like give me a break, guys. We need to just let's let's be a little more worldly in the world of NFL fandom. I'd rather not be a sweetheart team, though. I like being the underdog. You know what I like being now? We're the villain, dude. <laughs> we are the villain. I'm okay with that because Golden Tate, Golden Tate is kind of that rascally bastard right yes. wide receiver. Yeah, well, he's the backstabbing rogue, and I love it. <laughs> I know it's it's something that this that the Seattle sports scene has never seen before. We've always <laughs> been like the soft the soft punching bags. Now we're the villain. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I love it. I, I'm really excited for next Sunday to see what happens. Dude, the Seahawks are going to ruin. And I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who, what team I'm really glad I'm not on is <laughs> the Owen three. No, the Owen three New Orleans Saints because they have to travel to Green Bay this week. And <laughs> I, like I'm taking, I'm taking Green Bay plus twenty one in that game. That is going to be, uh, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a slaughter. That's going to be a bloodbath. It's gonna be blood bowl, baby. Yep, that's blood bowl. I don't know. All all I have to say to the haters is whatever a win's a win, and look forward to next week because it's, it's the, over now. It's the third win of the season. It's not a playoff game. It's not even anywhere near the end of the season. Like, give me a break, guys. I think that we're overhyping this a little bit. And we um, we got we got rooked way worse in the Super Bowl exactly. when that ref was like, I thought his helmet was the football, yeah. and that's why I gave him the touchdown. Exactly, we got completely jobbed in the Super Bowl. Like that's a completely different scenario. This is the third and, game of the season, and that was the regular season refs. So yeah. Those were the super infallible refs that we care so much about getting back <laughs> now. Oh man, I just I I just can't wait for the refs to come back so that we can now argue again about referee calls. <laughs> yeah, all I'm saying is the Seattle Super Seahawks. We don't need no stinking refs. <laughs> That's the new slogan. <laughs> we don't need no stinking refs. All right. Well, uh, we we also don't need any refs for our break. Uh, we're self-regulating nice. here, uh, and uh, we're gonna do a little trivial pursuit. So please. Play along at home. It's Genius Ones, which means if we get entertainment or literature, we are completely screwed because only the people who can't drive their cars correctly can answer those questions. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a, sl- it's a direct correlation with how well you could drive your car to how, you, how well you could answer these questions. That's true. That's, they, they ask you those questions at the DMV, <laughs> and if you can answer them correctly, they don't give yeah, you a license. Take it away. They tear it up in front of you. <laughs> All right, so uh, here we go. I'm going to roll a six-sided die. Oh, it's a six, baby. It's sports and leisure. Very uh, appropriate. Apropos. All right, Jesse, since you won the roll-off, you're going to go first. Please play along at home, and here we go. What is the maximum number of clubs a golfer may use in a round? Oh, jeez. That's a good question. I'm going to say 15. Okay. I'm going to say, so you have eight irons. You have three woods, so that's 11. You have a sand wedge. It's 12. 
You have a pitching wedge, which is 13, and you have a putter, which is 14. I'm going to say 14. 14, baby. Cheese. Got it. Good work. It's a little tricky because there's no one iron. Starts with the two iron. <laughs> uh, okay, this one's for me. What football coach popularized the forward pass? I'm going to say Vince Lombardi. I'm going to say Troy Aikman. Knut <laughs> Rockney. Now that's a name, dude. Yeah. That is a Canute name. Knut Rockney like a hurricane. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Uh, I love that. Like, I love, I, just like, you know, what if we throw the ball forward? <laughs> Holy crap. You're onto something, Knut. <laughs> <laughs> it's Knut. Uh, Jesse, this one's for you. What game made Monte Carlo? Um, would that be Baccarat? I'm gonna. I, I would say Baccarat as well. I believe that. I believe that Casino Royale is supposed to be set at Monte Carlo. I'm gonna go with uh, blackjack. Roulette. Ooh. Roulette is the answer. Okay, Jesse, you're gonna need the steal on this one to tie it up and go to a geography tiebreaker. But I get to answer first. So, how many trials is each competitor permitted in javelin throwing? I believe it's three. I'm going to go with five. Okay. Six. What a weird number of trials. (laughs) Well, five's too little, seven's too much. It's pretty simple. (laughs) All right. Well, I win this week, but you uh, won the roll-off. So, Jesse, what's your second topic? Okay, well, um, I want to talk about something that I hadn't really considered until very recently. Mm-hmm. So, um, right now, I'm sporting kind of a scruffy beard with a mustache. I grew my mustache out, shaved it down, and now I got kind of a scruffy beard going, you know? Yep. And uh, because I like having a beard, and I grew the mustache out as a joke. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so that's kind of what I'm rocking right now. And then I was having a conversation um, appropriately during Monday Night Football about kids and how they recognize faces. Right. And basically, the consensus was, if I grow my mustache out, I kind of have to keep it until my daughter is 18 years old or else she'll freak out. Hmm. Because kids kind of... They attach, uh, they attach themselves to a face, and then, like, if you, for dudes, if you shave your facial hair off, like, say you had a beard, and then you shaved it off, that's gonna freak your kid out. They're not gonna be able to recognize you. Well, Jesse, you come to the right place. Now, I think that you, your dad has always had a beard, is that correct? Uh, He's got a beard mustache switch. Yeah. So did he have a, did he have a mustache when you were a little kid, or? No, he had a beard. Here's the thing. Yeah. When we were having this conversation, I vividly remembered when he shaved his beard for the first time, how like viscerally upset me and my sister were. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a traumatic experience for us because we're like, who the hell is this guy? And we don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I could I can completely relate, man, because I grew up with a mustache dad. Okay. I grew up with a mustache dad, uh, and in a lot of ways. When my dad got rid of his mustache, things were different. 
It's really like weird. Like Alex Trebek. Like, exactly. Like, I, uh, so, I mean, mustache dad all the way, right? And then one day he decides to get rid of the stash. I think the Just for Men, like, uh, regimen was, was a little too grueling for him. So he decided to get rid of the stash. And all of a sudden it's like, dude, you have a turtle lip. Like, you're just not <laughs> used to the lip. <laughs> yeah, the turtle lip is for sure. I yeah. remember my dad shaving down, like, going total pale face mm-hmm. and like what the hell is with that lip it's weird it's and it, super it should weird. be there yeah yeah but i i also remember like much earlier when uh-huh. originally when he shaved down i don't know if he shaved to total pale face or not but my i remember my sister like crying <laughs> it, was, it was so weird and he he like came out of the I remember he came out of the bathroom, like, he came out, he shaved, he shaved down to, like, a, like, mutton chops, mm-hmm. and he was trying to, like, make it funny and have a good time out of it, and me and my sister were, like, freaking out. <laughs> so, the the question is, like, for me, what do I do? Do I go pale face from the beginning, or do, like, I think you do gotta I go? Start, I, think, I think it's completely different if you go the other way. I think that this is the key, Jess. You have to let your child get used to your lip. Exactly. And then, like, let it grow in and then right. take it back and then grow out, you know, grow it's, the beard out and take it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, trauma, the, trauma, the trauma ensues when you have beard to, to, to nothing. The, when you go the other way, it's, it's a little more palatable because it's, it's a gradual process. I mean, right. shaving off a beard is, like, a stark reality. That you can't reverse. But, like, growing out a beard, it's a very gradual process. It's a little more loosey-goosey. Right. Well, I might, Well, th- that raises a question. Could you, like, could you scale the beard back and, like, trim it down a little bit more each day? I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> I guess there's only way to find it out. Because my strategy was I, I grew the mustache out because I wanted to establish my dad's stash. Mm-hmm. Because obviously I'm going to be a father here soon, right? And I wanted I wanted my baby to come out of the womb and see the commanding stash of authority. Yes. But now I'm thinking maybe that's a mistake because I don't want her to. I don't want to be locked into the mustache because my daughter is going to wig out if I shave it off. You know, it's it's a it's a real concern. You know what this whole thing makes me wonder? <laughs> what what Tom Selleck's lip looks like. Idiot. That thing must be the most gnarly mangled uh, <laughs> thing in the world. It's like burled oak. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm on Tom Selleck's IMDb page right now um, because it's my <laughs> homepage. And no, no movie, no movie, no TV show from now until 1969 in his first uh, appearance as Dobie in the TV series Lancer that's the episode Death Belt Death Bait <laughs> Death, uh, Belt. <laughs> Death Belt is also a rough one uh, every single movie mustache and not just a not just a not just a fuzzstache not just something close to the chest we're talking full on lip concealing mustache well, Eric, now I'm wondering, yep. maybe growing a mustache would be great for my acting career. I think so. It's worth for <laughs> I, the sell. I have a tough choice. <laughs> 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 a very tough choice. 
Yeah, man. I think you got to go naked first and then just grow it in. I think that's what I'm going to do. But I'm just afraid that my baby's not going to understand the authority that I'm supposed to command if I don't have the mustache. Just do the mutton chops. Uh, Yeah, I could live with that. Do the mutton chops, do a chin beard, whatever you want. Mutton chops do not command authority, though. Mutton chops command a jovial authority, like an Irish boxer. (laughs) I think it's like, it's like chaotic good versus lawful good. Yeah, absolutely. Mutton chops are chaotic good. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get across the lawful good of a mustache. You know, this, uh, this comes to what, when we were at PAX, we went to the, uh, the 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 crowdsourced create your RPG panel, and uh-huh. I really love the idea of class based uh, facial hair. I think this is a great idea. You you make your entire character is based off of the facial hair you decide. Right. So mustache is one set of skills. Beard is another. You got mutton chops. You got handlebar. Uh-huh. You got goatee. Oh, s- soul soul patch. patch is pure evil. I was thinking soul patch could be like a like a monk. Or a paladin. Because <laughs> of, like, oh, the soul. Oh, element. you're right. Soul Patch could be a paladin. Like, Goatee f- is, uh, is chaotic yeah. evil. Chaotic. I was saying Fu Manchu. Definite. Uh, a mustache more. that curls up would be oh, yeah. lawful evil, I yeah. think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> We're on to something here. True neutral is a shaved face. Right. True, ne- <laughs> true neutral is, is, uh, is, uh, is, Tidy sideburns. What is pencil thin mustache? Oh, that's uh Is that lawful neutral? That's uh <laughs> Chaotic neutral chaotic neutral would just be like uh total stubble all over your face. Yeah. I think pencil thin mustache would be lawful neutral. Uh-huh. Uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like uh What are we missing here? Um, well, you have like the, the, the musketeer goatee. That's kind of where this whole conversation came from. So like the pointy chin. I think, I think that would be neutral good. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. What about neutral evil? Neutral evil would be the chin beard. The what? Chin beard. (laughs) I was thinking, uh, lumberjack beard. Oh, I like lumberjack beard, but we have to do like the, you know, the, the strap, the chin strap. You know, you're right. It, It is. Uh, <laughs> that is that. Um, for true neutral, you could either go lumberjack beard or mm-hmm. clean shaven. Right. I kind of like the idea of lumberjack beard being lawful good. Like it's just like the best of the best. No way, lawful good is uh totally cop stash. Oh, dude, we need to make this. <laughs> this needs to become a thing. I think we're onto something here. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to move on to my second topic. Anyway, I I guess I'm going to have to go true neutral for the birth of my baby and yeah, just clean it neutral. all off. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the way it is. Um. So I'm going to move on to my second topic quickly, and uh, I want to talk about some mythos things. So I think was it last week I was talking about r slash fan theories? Yes. More gold coming out of r slash fan theories. And uh, and it has to do with Disney. Now, Jesse, were you a Disney child? Did you watch a lot of Disney movies? No. Okay. Though that was Levi. Levi's the one with all the Disney movies, right? No, I think that's Jordy. Oh, okay. Well, I watched a lot of them as well. 
But, you know, there's those people who have, like, those big, cushy VHS cases, like, on the shelf. <laughs> I had Aladdin and Lion King. Yeah, I had Lion King, Pocahontas, and I think Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, but there was a there's a pretty excellent uh pretty excellent little conversation that happened on Reddit in the past couple of days surrounding the uh, the Disney mythos, and somebody posted a picture that's that's pretty pretty well known, but it's uh that in the animated version of Hercules. There's like a part of the movie where he's wearing a lion skin, and the lion skin is made out of the skin of Scar from The Lion King. Oh, right. I've seen that before. Yeah. So basically, it's pretty easy to deduce that based on this, that The Lion King and Hercules take place in the same universe. And around at least the same time, like within 100 years or so, depending on how old that lion skin is. <laughs> um. But uh got to give a shout-out to username Waffle Crusher, uh, who decided to break it down and say it goes much further. Like, not only is Hercules and Lion King mixed, but also The Little Mermaid is also tied into this. Because in The Little Mermaid, uh, her father is named Triton, who's the king of Atlantis, and Poseidon is the father of him. Poseidon is a great god, which means that... The uh, Little Mermaid takes place in the same mythos as Hercules because there's Greek gods in Hercules. Right. Um, and the thing that this reveals is that uh, there's this very interesting thread that goes throughout a lot of Disney movies during the 90s where you have humans and then you have animals. And for the most part, humans can't communicate with animals. Um Although the animals obviously have personalities and can have independent thought and some kind of sentience. But there's always these um, mythical beings who can kind of cross between the two. So, like, a mermaid can speak to fish and humans. Uh, so can Ursula. And uh, in uh, and it, 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 this, this thread carries throughout. So, uh, uh, you know, in, in Mulan... Uh, Mushu, who's a little dragon, can speak to Mulan, and he can speak to the animals, but Mulan can't speak to the animals. This happens throughout a lot of Disney movies of this era, and then the kicker for this is Aladdin. Now, this has already been covered that Aladdin is set 10,000 years in the future, right? Right. Because <laughs> there's a time where uh, there's a time where the genie says something like, you know, your clothes are so uh so 20th century or something right so it takes place sometime in the far distant future where these lines have broken down and now humans can speak directly with animals without having these magical uh people to go through mhm mm i love stuff like this because it makes this stuff so much more interesting if you think that across the lines that uh, all of these disney movies actually take place in the same universe and, you know, it gets tied in as well because in Aladdin, when they do, do a whole new world, they go to ancient Greece and they go to ancient China as well. So this, these whole things are kind of drawn together. And I think it's I just I just get excited about it because I love mythos. I love it. I, I feel like I'm going to I personally am going to be doing a lot more piecing together as yeah. I revisit these uh, classic. Childhood 
movies, whereas maybe before I wasn't being so astute. Now I'm going possibly to be focusing into them more. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting to see from our childhood, like a lot of the same people work on this stuff and it's, you, you can't help but kind of build your own mythos. Like Samurai Jack and the Powerpuff Girls have kind of been proven to take place in the same universe where Samurai Jack is some dystopian future after the fall of the civilization that the Powerpuff Girls inhabit. <laughs> uh, because they have similar backdrops, like a, a nice, clean, shiny billboard in the Powerpuff Girls is featured in Samurai Jack is like a degraded, uh, torn up billboard. Um, but there are some other mythos and, and, uh, and I want to just cu- cover a, a few of these. So you have like the Tarantino mythos, all of the Quentin Tarantino movies take place in the same universe, including Inglorious Bastards and, uh, and hopefully, uh, Django Unchained, which is coming out this year. Um, whereas, uh, movies like Kill Bill are movies that like those types of people would watch. The people who live in Quentin Tarantino's universe, those are the movies that they would watch for movies like Kill Bill. Um, and then there's a couple with Alien that are kind of interesting. So you have the Alien Predator mythos, which has been built out pretty widely um, with some terrible movies and, uh, <laughs> and, and some good movies as well. Um, but then you also have the Alien Blade Runner mythos, where there's a uh, speculation out there that Prometheus kind of hints to Alien and Blade Runner happening in the same universe because there's a there's a part in that movie um, where uh, where uh, Wayland is the old Wayland is like walking through this gilded room where all of these buildings are being built behind him and if you watch in Blade Runner that room is actually featured but all those buildings are actually built hmm so there's like I love this is why I love fan theory so much because it's so much fun to think about these movies as like a much wider world that these characters are inhabiting. Um and it also made me want to think it made me think about this game that I played this week which is called um Microscope. Have you heard about this game? No. Well, this is like a story game which means it's like an RPG without a DM. <laughs> and in it you create a history. Um, so the history that we created was, uh, the, uh, the rise of a, an evolution of a species. So it like had to do with like monkeys being genetically altered and then creating their own society. It was kind of like a precursor to Planet of the Apes, but you play it out over three hours and you kind of build this whole history as a group of people. And it made me want to play this microscope game as like, uh, as like uh, the, the Disney mythos where you start off with Hercules and you end with Aladdin and then you fill in everything in between. That sounds pretty awesome. I think if you wanted to, if you wanted to figure out a way to role play this in, inside this Disney mythos, not necessarily as Disney characters, I think you could have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, that that sounds pretty interesting. Would you uh, Would you want to? So, if you had a choice to role play within the uh, within the Disney mythos, the Tarantino mythos, or the Alien mythos, which would you choose? Well. I mean, the obvious answer is Alien, but mm-hmm. I'll take Disney because I think that'd be a lot more fun. I think so too. I think that there's there's magic, but there's also a lot of like dark evil that's going on. Right, uh, great villains. Yep. And um, I think if you're playing as a protagonist, it's probably going to go a lot better than the Alien universe. <laughs> so. The other thing I like is like if you uh, take damage. Uh, you could like roll a die to see um, whether or not that damage is just comical damage and doesn't actually hurt you. 
<laughs> but you have to come up with like a witty one-liner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I hoyed about a sword in the stone, but I didn't know the stone was my noggin. Oi! <laughs> I like how we're going back to the uh, the Shmirnov guy. <laughs> yeah, right I mean, in there. That's a callback, Eric. That's a classic callback. All right. Well, guys, I think it's about time to move on to letting you know once again how you can feed us back. So you can uh, email us, personalarguments at gmail.com. If anything tickled your fancy, let us know. Um, you can uh, like us on Facebook at the Bald Move Facebook page and also Personal Arrogance Facebook page. You can uh, call us at 360-362-0024. Mystery caller. Please call back and, and extend the conversation that we started with you. Um, and anybody else can call in, too. And we have proven it. We will put it on the podcast. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, at Personal Podcast. Uh, and you can rate and review us on iTunes, which is always a great help to us. But most importantly, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend and spread the love. Anything else, Jesse? Uh, I think that's it. Okay, cool. Let's do some recos and call it a cast. What's your first reco? Uh, my first recommendation is My Brother, My Brother, and Me, episode 121. Mm. Go ahead and skip towards the end because they have a, uh, they have a P.O. box where you can send stuff to. Uh huh. And they got a, um, they got some physical mail from one Jordy and Jill Hoyts. Say what? They sent a picture of their cats, and um, they were referenced on My Brother, My Brother, Me, episode 121. <laughs> Jordy and Jill Hoyt, congratulations. Out of way, guys. Uh, I was listening to that at work today. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> it's really funny. What I wrote into Julie Klauster's podcast uh, after a car accident because we were listening to our podcast when we got in the car accident. And uh, I wrote her uh, an email, and then we were listening. I was listening to that podcast with Jordy in the car when we were driving him to his bachelor party. And at the end of it, he <laughs> was like, the car. <laughs> "He was like Eric Walquist." <laughs> it was really good. Luckily, uh, they totally nailed the pronunciation of Jordy and Jill Hoyt. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, it's no Walquist. Um, my first record this week is going to be uh, the movie that I saw that I loved. Uh, it should be available for rental soon, uh, and it's called uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. Have you heard of this movie? No. Uh, basically, it's based off of a real classified ad um, that stated, and I think you've heard of this, wanted someone to go back in time with me. This is not a joke. You'll get paid after we get back. Must bring your own weapons. I only have done this once before. Safety not guaranteed. I do remember seeing the previews for that. Yes. So I liked it a lot. It had Aubrey Plaza in it, who's from uh, Parks and Rec and some other stuff. It has Mark Duplass, who's uh, quickly becoming one of my favorite actors. I really enjoy Mark Duplass. He's in, uh, he's in The League, which is a TV show about fantasy football. That's a comedy. It's hilarious. Uh, he was also... Uh, in this movie called, like, The Big Comfy Chair, which is good. It's all good. I think he wrote and directed Jeff Lives at Home. Anyway, good movie about time travel, about love. Most importantly, set in western Washington. So I got to give this one a go-see. Well, there you go. There you go. What's your set go? Uh, my second recommendation or recommendation is uh, Plastic Catan Pieces. Mm-hmm. Because um, on the 
the Sellers of Catan Facebook page today, they linked to some prototyped plastic pieces that may be available in their store. And they're not the regular shapes. They're kind of like the fancy shapes of like little hamlets and then like big castles and stuff. <sighs> so I want to hear what you think because I kind of want them. They're all like they're the plastic pieces and they have, you know, they're the color of whatever color you're playing as. Mm-hmm. But I think you could paint them up to be super sweet. I don't like the idea. I'm a purist. <laughs> you know what else you can paint? Wood. If you want it that bad, I, just paint your little paint your little wood houses. Yeah, but you can't. They the sculpture detail is not nearly as cool. Jesse, I don't think that this is a sculpture issue. I think it's a painting issue, and I think if you're up to the challenge, you can make it as cool as you want. Um. Well, there you have it. <laughs> there you have it. Um. My recommendation this week is going to be uh, uh, some some easy listening. If you want something to put in your ears, it's not a podcast; it's actual music. Uh, go ahead and check out J Jams J J A M Z. Uh, this is a band that I found because they their song was featured in the new MySpace promo, which actually looked kind of cool. Uh, but J Jams, it's a good band. It's a little bit of a super group. Because um, it features people from Maroon 5, Rilo Kylie, Bright Eyes, Phantom Planet. Uh, it's a little Los Angeles band, but they're actually pretty damn good. And for some reason, I love 80s-inspired electro-pop, and this is right up that alley. So if you want, if you like that type of music, like the Killers or that sort of thing, check out J-Jams with a Z. Do it. Do it. All right, I think that's about it this week. Uh, we'd like to thank you for pouring another hour of our voices into your ears. Please feed us back. We love it when you talk to us, and we will mention you on the podcast if you do. So remember to do that. And also, some very exciting stuff, Justified coming up, uh, Walking Dead coming up. So please stay tuned to Bald Move for some excellent podcasts around your favorite TV shows. And until next time, remember that wherever you go, and whatever you do, please stay stay arrogant. arrogant. The U.S. uh, thought they had achieved peace after World War II, but they had to wait because this dictator was... Stalin! (laughs) That's hilarious. It was so good.